Acts chapter 5, verse 35, and then verse 38b down through verse 42 in the God's Word translation says, Then Gamaliel, he said to the council, read it with me, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you do with these men. I can guarantee that if the plan they put into action is of human origin, it will fail. However, if it's from God, you won't be able to stop them. You may even discover that you're fighting against God. The council took his advice. They called the apostles, beat them, ordered them not to speak about the one named Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the council room. They were happy to have been considered worthy to suffer dishonor for speaking about Jesus. Every day in the temple courtyard and from house to house, they refused to stop teaching and telling the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the mighty deliverer. Come and speak to our hearts, Father, by the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for opening the word to our hearts today. We're ready on this Mission Sunday, God. Work in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you give him one more glorious Glory and our salvation. So, so good to be together in his presence, to worship and to magnify his name. This week I... I came across the following analogy that I would like to take a few moments and share with you an introduction of what we will be ministering today on this mission Sunday. I want you to imagine, if you will, that we, all of us, we are journalists that have been sent out to gather a, a report in a dangerous war zone. And we expect when we arrive to see battle-weary soldiers in combat fatigues, dirt on their faces, living in the most difficult conditions, carrying their weapons at all times, but instead, upon arrival at the battlefront, we're surprised to find the soldiers dressed in civilian clothes, 
playing volleyball and ping pong, lying around swimming pools, sipping cold drinks, with no weapons anywhere in sight. If such an army was defending our country from a hostile enemy, we, had had, we would have good reason to be alarmed, right? The problem is that army has lost sight of its mission. It thinks that its mission centers around its own comfort and having a good time. In such a state, this army would easily fall captive into the hands of a hostile enemy. If that enemy attacked, no doubt, if the enemy attacked that army, no doubt, that army would take off saying, I did not sign up for this. I signed up for all the benefits, but I had no idea I might get shot at. Now, as I began to ponder over this, I began to wonder if we, if we, the church of Jesus Christ, might in some ways be like the army I've just described. Could we be guilty of having promoted the Christian life for all its benefits? Come to Christ and he will give you peace and happiness. He will help you overcome your problems. Come to Jesus, he will give you a happy marriage and a lovely family. Come to Jesus and he will give you an abundant life. So the recruits, they sign up thinking about sitting by the pool and enjoying the good life with Jesus. But then the bullets start flying. And the bombs start dropping and the walls start caving in. People are getting hurt and people are dying. And our new recruits, they begin to think, I did not sign up for this. Church, the Bible is clear that the Christian life is not a playground. The Christian life is a battlefield. In verse 39 of our text, Gamaliel warned the Sanhedrin to bring themselves into check regarding their action against the apostles, lest, look at this verse, 39, lest they discover to be fighting against God. If it's from God, you will not be able to stop them. You may even discover that you're fighting against God. Even this doctor of the law, this liberal Pharisee, actually 
Gamaliel was the president of the council. This was the man at whom Paul, the apostle, before he became Paul the apostle, sat at his feet, a man of great renown, and, and he seemed to understand this most important truth, and that is God is leading his people in conquest to establish his kingdom in the earth. He got it. God is leading his people in conquest to establish his kingdom in the earth. Today on this Mission Sunday, I want to minister the following. I will not finish it today. We're going to carry it over to next Sunday, so I will have time to deliver my soul today. We're going to talk about and minister discoveries for God's church to fulfill God's mission. Discoveries for God's church to fulfill God's mission. God has enrolled us into his army. Tell somebody, God has enrolled you into his army. God has signed you. God has enrolled, conscripted you into his army. We have a mission given to us by our commander-in-chief, and that is to take the message of his salvation and lordship into enemy territory, to win captives from the forces of darkness. We have a mission that's been given to us by our commander-in-chief. And that is to take the message of his salvation and his lordship into enemy territory. Everybody say enemy territory. To win captives, to see people set free from the forces of darkness. And as in every war, our mission requires combat. As in every war, our mission to see it fulfilled requires struggle. As in every war, our mission requires complete focus and attentive attentiveness. Being alert. Case in point. Did you notice that before the Sanhedrin released the apostles, they beat them? Now their original intention, the Sanhedrin, the highest Supreme Court, this is the Jewish Supreme Court, their intention was to kill them. But Gamaliel stepped in. And so they ended up just beating them, just beating them. I studied about the beating they took. They were each given 39 lashes as Christ was. Starting with the chest. The word beaten means to flay, to flay, F-L-A-Y, 
to open up. So the apostles were beaten, their chest was shredded. Then they put them over on their back and they flayed them, they flogged them, they opened up their backs, 39 lashes. In spite of the persecution, (laughs) the Bible says they would not stop. They would not stop teaching and telling the good news of Jesus. They went out with joy that they had the privilege of suffering for Christ. How did it it say it? They were happy to have been considered worthy to suffer dishonor for speaking about Jesus. There was no, I didn't sign up for this. There was no, I never expected to be shot at. Are you with me today? Are you going to stay with me? Please. (laughs) So what discoveries do we need to make as God's people to possess that kind of commitment, to fulfill the mission of God? What kind of discoveries? Oh, we need some discoveries. Buddy, we need some discoveries. I want to read a verse of scripture from Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27. What discoveries do we need to make to attain that kind of commitment to fulfill as God's church, as God's people, to fulfill God's mission? God has a mission. Philippians 1.27, Paul said, Only live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about your circumstances. Listen. I will hear about your circumstances that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind contending together for the faith of the gospel. I will hear of your circumstances Whether I am able to come or not, I will hear of your circumstances that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, contending that you are standing, not fleeing. That you are standing in the midst of your unfavorable circumstances. You are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, contending together for the faith of the gospel. Here it is, the first discovery, and I'm going to preach on this for the remaining time I have. The first discovery to come to that kind of commitment that we see the the apostles having to fulfill God's mission. The first discovery is we must discover our responsibility, our 
responsibility, which is contending together for the faith of the gospel. Responsibility. We must discover our responsibility, which is contending together for the faith of the gospel. To fulfill God's mission, church, that his kingdom be extended throughout the earth, that all men everywhere might come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that we cross streams where demon powers have been manifested. We plead the blood of Jesus and we go across because there's a people. Did you hear what Jackie said? There's a people waiting on the other side of her obedience. To fulfill God's mission, it will require each of us to fight, not each other. But it will require each of us to fight together for the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That that gospel, when it's preached, will cause faith to arise in the heart of the lost of the bound, of the broken. And we contend together, not fighting one another, but contending together to take that faith, first ourselves standing in faith, transformed by faith, having been transformed by putting our faith in Jesus. And now we together as his body, as his people in Nairobi Lighthouse Church, we fight together to fulfill God's mission, to go forward that the faith might be found and lives might be changed. Listen, God's mission demands each of us to stay focused on the faith. Now, you've got to hear this. God's mission demands each one of us to stay focused on the faith. It requires each one of us to stand firm in one spirit with one mind. These words, the faith of the gospel, it involves certain core truths which must not be compromised. Oh, I wish I had all day to preach to you and minister to you. These words, the faith of the gospel, listen to me. Please lock in with me for these next few moments. It involves certain core truths which must not be compromised. Without these essential truths, the gospel is no longer the gospel. For example, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, for I passed. We were in 1 Corinthians 15 last, last Sunday in Communion Sunday. Paul said in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 15, for I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, According to the scriptures, this is the gospel. And this brief statement contains a wealth of essential truth. 
truth that we cannot allow any compromise. It tells us who Christ is, namely the Christ revealed in the scriptures. It is clear from, it is abundantly clear from over 300 prophecies concerning Jesus in the Old Testament that he, Jesus Christ, is both eternal God who alone can atone for sin as well as Jesus Christ is fully human. He's capable of human death and thus he is an acceptable substitute for sin. That's the truth that can never be compromised. He is God in the flesh who came to tell, dwell in tabernacle among men. Who then took upon himself all of our sin and became as the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world, who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made righteous, the righteousness of God. Paul's statement also tells us the central truth about the work of Christ, that he died for our sins as our substitute. See, if any of these truths, this, this one simple 1 Corinthians 15, 3, any of it is compromised. It's no longer the gospel. It's no longer to, it's no longer to be taken. Anyone who denies the, denies the essential nature of the substitutionary work of Christ is denying the gospel. And I'm telling you, the world is full of it today. We're being bombarded from all quarters today around this very truth right here. Anyone who denies the essential nature of the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ is denying the gospel. Therefore, each of us must take responsibility to hold forth the truth of the gospel, standing firmly in it together. If anyone preaches another Jesus, let him be accursed. We, come on, are, are, are we really as a church, are, as a people, as a body, are we really, really interested in fulfilling God's mission? Or are we okay? Are we really? Come on. I, I'm, I'm preaching today. Are we really, really concerned and burdened as a people for a lost and a dying world. Our hearts broken and crying. Not just a few of us, all of us. Are we okay? If we lose sight of our mission and we get caught up with our own comfort, now, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start zeroing in right now. If we lose sight of our mission and we get caught up with our own comfort and our own well-being, we will be so quick to abandon the cause when the enemy attacks. I'm repeating this. If we lose sight of our mission and we get caught up with our own comfort 
and get caught up with our own well-being. We will be so quick like those soldiers playing ping pong. We will be so quick to abandon the cause when the enemy attacks. Christianity today has become so self-focused. We've turned inward. We've turned inward. Let me give you a, let me give you a couple of, of examples. We've turned inward. Christianity today has become so self-focused. We've turned inward. Here's one. To analyze our feelings. Our feelings. My feelings. I need to do some analysis. To recover. We've turned inward to recover from poor choices and hurts of the past and codependency. We turn inward to recover from these poor choices and hurts of our past. We've fixated ourselves. We've turned inward fixating on having an enriched and ideal marriage. We're fixated. Fixated. We're just fixated, you know, fixated on an ideal, enriched, ideal marriage. We, we've turned inward and we're pressured to raise our children who attend only the best schools. So much pressure only to attend the best schools and the list goes on. I won't continue because some of you are wishing that I not. You know what I'm saying is true. I must excel. I must attain. I must go places. I must have the most comfortable in other words, we're caught up with self-fulfillment and feeling good instead of with the mission our Lord gave us, and that is to take the gospel to all people everywhere. How much time do you and I spend every week on me, on you, on my feelings? Focus on me to excel and to move higher, to attain more. We think of Christianity as something that increases the well-being of our daily lives. We so often focus on the benefits that come from being Christians. Please listen. Get this. Being saved is not the end of the gospel. It's just the beginning. Being saved is not the end of the gospel. It's just the beginning. It's the beginning of a life of sacrifice. It's the beginning of a life of commitment. It's the beginning of a life of joining together with fellow soldiers to advance the kingdom of God. It's not some kind of club where we all get together and have our cocktails 
and our sweet Jesus and that powerful Holy Ghost. Oh, Father, Father, let Nairobi Lighthouse Church hear my heart today, God. We've got to make some discoveries, church. It's not about me. If we lose sight of our mission, there is no way we will fulfill it, and we become an easy target for the powers of darkness. Now listen, let me give you a little hope. We're not denying the need to help hurting people deal with problems. We're not denying the need to help hurting people deal with problems or to help get fractured and dysfunctional families back together. Wounded people need some healing before they get out to the front lines. But that's just it. Hurting people need healing so they can be deployed into the battle of reaching lost people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Church, we have to keep the goal in view. We are God's army and are here to take our responsibility. God forbid that we become irresponsible. We have to keep the goal in view. We are God's army, and we're here to take our responsibility. Pastor Jeffrey Mina is sitting here today. He was an army guy. Joffrey told me a story one time. Actually told all of our pastors that when they were in the army and they would be out, they would go for days in training and prep and they would, they would walk, march day and night, day and night, fully armed, fully ready, going through their maneuvers, going through their tactics in preparation to encounter the enemy. And they would walk all day. And then they would walk all night, no break. And he said the way they would sleep, soldiers would have to sleep. They couldn't just keep walking day and night, day and night without sleep. So they would take three men and they would put the man, the man in the middle, they would reach around and they would lock into position. He's, he's fully armed. He's got his rifle. And they would march with him, tight together, holding him. And he would be sleeping. And he would be walking also. And they would go through the night. And after an hour or two of sleep, the old boy in the middle would switch out to the end. The guy in the end would come in the middle and walking also, never stopping, never stopping. Come on, church. Come on, church. We have some sleeping saints right now. We have some sleeping warriors right now. We have some sleeping soldiers right now that we together need to put them in the middle and say, come on, come on. We've got a mission. We've got a mission. Come on. We're going to take care of you. We're going to walk with you. We're going to help you because we've got something to do for God. The late... 
Reinhard Bonnke said it this way. And I close with this. The church is a lifeboat, not a pleasure boat. We live like we are on a pleasure cruise when we are really on a rescue mission from God. The church is a lifeboat, not a pleasure boat. We live like we are on a pleasure cruise when we really are on a rescue mission from God. Stand, everyone. Pastor, I've been just, I've just been focusing on B. As we sang, he has done great things. God has done such great things for me, Pastor. God has done mighty things in my life. God has brought me so far. God has done things I could never have imagined. And from today, from this message I've heard, there's a people waiting and there's a great mission that God has for me, but also for us as a people and I. I want to be part of it, yet I've been so zeroing in and looking in and so inward. COVID hasn't helped, Pastor. In fact, COVID in some ways messed me up because I just got so focused on me. But today... Today I want to take up the weapon once more. Today I want to get in rank once more. Today I want to rise up once more. And I want to be counted. I want to take that responsibility. I want to begin fighting. I want to begin fighting for my community. I want to begin fighting. I want to begin fighting once more. contending for the faith of the gospel that we together as the people of God in this house we might move not fighting each other but move together as one and I'm ready I want to I, I want to make that commitment come on hands up hands up right throughout here oh my goodness come on church let's let's put our hands up before God Father, look upon your congregation. Look upon this amazing, amazing church that you have bought by your precious blood. The redeemed of the Lord. Our names written in the book of life. Soldiers in the army, oh God. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. 
Jesus, you're the head of the church. You're raising up and calling a great army, a great African army. God, we want to be part. We want to be part of that number. Forgive us for focusing on ourselves and our well-being and caring so much for us. God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. You, you're our provider. Forgive us for getting ourselves so caught up and going after what you've already provided. Work in us. Give us a heart for the lost. Give us a heart for the dying. Give us a heart for people who know not Christ, who are lost and running from God, that we together might contend as your people. We together might take our responsibility and do what you've called us to do as a great army to extend your kingdom in the earth. Wash us by the blood. It's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. It's your doings, oh God. We love you and we praise you for raising up a mighty people, raising up a mighty church of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Yes. Can you magnify him? Can you give him glory? Can you give him praise? We're part of the army. We're part of the overcoming people whose eyes are focused today, whose hearts are trained, whose hearts are locked in. Everybody have an amazing week. Let's go and live this. We're believing God. Continue to press in for our nation this week. And we're trusting God. God bless you.